Dalvin Cook is about to become a free agent and the Buccaneers should absolutely figure out how to sign him. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks, and he is David Harrison at dharrison82, your hosts of Locked On Bucks, credentialed media members covering the Buccaneers. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Bucks. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, minus Tuesday and Thursday for the time being, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. That was that was beautiful. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter the promo code locked on NFL, all one word, they'll throw in a free custom bird dog style or Yeti style tumbler with every order. And uh, I will tell you, this thing, this thing is very nice. This thing is is definitely worth if you want to get yourself some bird dogs clothing and you get the tumbler on top of it. Uh it's it's very nice. I, I greatly appreciate it. Dalvin Cook was reportedly notified that he will be released by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm sure he's not very appreciative of that fact, but it's something that we really all seen coming. Well, maybe he is, you know, absolutely. Like, like by now, he probably is in the beginning when it was like Dalvin Cook's going to be released and everybody was expecting it. Probably not very appreciative of it, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, apparently that release is going to happen Friday because they're still trying to work out a trade. Um, and honestly, James, I wrote it for BucksGameDay.com. You you kind of just said it, and we're going to talk about it more. The Bucks would be crazy not to try to figure out a way to create the cap space to go out there and get them. So the hang up again right now is that the Vikings are still trying to trade Dalvin Cook. Like you talk about like the worst kept secrets in the National Football League. The Minnesota Vikings were trying to trade him before the new league year, as the new league year began, ahead of the NFL draft, on draft weekend, after draft weekend. Before OTAs, during OTAs, and now right before minicamp, they're still going to try, and they don't seem to understand. Every NFL team is going, dude, you're going to cut him. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give you anything for him. Like The Buccaneers might have been willing to give them a kicker for Dalvin Cook, but the problem is he's got $25 million coming, and teams aren't necessarily going to want to take that for his next two years of his contract, which is why they're not going to find a trade partner and why this is just going to come to the exact ending that we all knew it was going to come into, which is Dalvin Cook being a free agent. Now, in the great world of everybody has integrity, there's absolutely no conversations already happening in back channels for teams that are going to sign Dalvin Cook. And Friday at 4 p.m., you're probably going to hear about this magical deal that has all these stipulations that, boom, got worked out in about 10 minutes of his being released by the Minnesota Vikings because that's reality. Uh, and that's the thing that happens. But that team being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, James, I'm going to give you one reason why this absolutely needs to happen. And then I'm going to let you say some things and then I'll, I'll clean up if I have any additional uh, reasons why. 
And here, here is the reason why. Dalvin Cook just got done having his season with his third best yards from scrimmage, playing for a team that outside of Justin Jefferson has no other weapons. Like if you're a defense playing the Minnesota Vikings, you go stop Justin Jefferson and stop Dalvin Cook. Do those things, you win that game. Now, granted, not a lot of people won games against the Minnesota Vikings last year, right? But guess what the New York Giants did in their playoff game? Contain Justin Jefferson, contain Dalvin Cook. That's what they did. They beat the Minnesota Vikings because they were frauds last year. But one of their only two good players they had on their offense, they're now just going to give away for free. Uh, and Dalvin Cook, 1,468 total yards from scrimmage, fourth straight year rushing for 1,000 yards. Yes, I know he has an injury history. Yes, I know he's got a bad shoulder. But this dude with that injury history, with the bum shoulder, is still putting up over 1,000 yards of rushing and, and almost 1,500 yards of total offense every single season. How do you not want to add this guy to your roster? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is is what he brings to whatever football team he goes to and and you know, obviously the the Miami Dolphins are a an early front runner for his services, his hometown team, whatever it is. Um you know, you take a look at a team like the Buffalo Bills who are in desperate need of of a big play running back because their best running back is, is Josh Allen. But you take a look at what the Buccaneers have right now, right? And yes, there are, are financial hurdles that they would have to get over in order to make this happen. But you have a situation where your current RB1 is Rashad White. We're both cool with that. Rashad White you know, showed some great promise as a rookie. You figure with the additional workload, you know, the additional snaps, everything, he's going to continue to get better, and that's that's fantastic. But what if something happens? Behind him, you have Chase Edmonds, you have Keyshawn Vaughn, and you have an undrafted free agent in Sean Tucker, who a lot of people are high on, but the dude is currently out because he's injured already, and, and that's what you have. So you have a fan base that was foaming at the mouth for the Buccaneers to draft Dalvin Cook, and instead they drafted O.J. Howard. That didn't go well. Uh, you, you, you compare the two and, and their career trajectories, uh, mistake. You also have a situation where your quarterback battle is between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. What is going to help those guys out? A running back like Dalvin Cook, who can first and foremost run effectively yeah. and be a a perfect tandem with Rashad White. Yeah. Number two, he can catch passes out of the backfield. Number three, he can block. But a tandem of Rashad White and Dalvin Cook takes so much pressure off of whoever the quarterback is that you right. don't need. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask to go out there and throw the ball 30 times. You may not need them to throw 20 times because you have Delvin Cook and you have Rashad White in Dave Canales's offense. That uh, is, and even if go ahead. Even if you are throwing 20 times or 30 times, 10 of those are going to be the running backs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so it's really just an extension of the running game. And and you you bring up two points that I really want to make sure we hit on right now with everybody listening or watching or watching and listening. Hopefully if you're watching you're also listening to this right now. 
this is you you've already said it, but I want to reiterate this. This is not an anti Rashad White thing. Okay. Yeah. Rashad White being QB number one, absolutely on board. But this is nobody in the NFL outside of the Tennessee Titans. And honestly, the Tennessee Titans are trending down, ladies and gentlemen. They're not trending up, they are trending down. But nobody other than the Tennessee Titans tries to man a rushing attack with just one dude. The Buccaneers right now have one dude that you can really say this guy could be a legitimate uh, running running back, a threatening running back in the NFL. That is Rashad White. They need to bring in another guy. This would be the guy to do it. So that's point number one. This is not anti-Rashad White. So if you are about to type a comment into the YouTube comments, it says, I can't believe these guys hate Rashad White. That is not what this is about. Number two is a salary cap. According to over the cap, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the ability in simple restructures. This is basic restructuring of contracts. Nobody takes a pay cut. Nobody has to sign extension to free up $27 million. Now, they're also projected to be $2.6 million over the cap once their entire active roster comes due. Right now, it's just top 51. Once the entire roster comes due in early September, they're projected to be about $2.5 million over the cap, which drops out to about $24 million. So unless you're going to pay Dalvin Cook $24 million, the salary cap is not a problem. Okay, The salary cap is not a problem, so don't worry about that either. Those are the two bugaboos. Really, James, the biggest hurdle to this is, is Dalvin Cook willing to be a team, a role player, on the Buccaneers offense. It's the same problem that Ezekiel Elliott is having with signing with the team right now is I don't think Dalvin Cook outside of a few specific spots is really going to be the guy in the backfield. And even if he is the guy, like if you look at Miami and their stable of backs, even if Dalvin is the guy, you're not going to be the only guy. Now in, in Tampa, he's going to be the next guy. Rashad is the guy. Dalvin would be the next guy. I think that is honestly the biggest hurdles, whether or not Dalvin is willing to take on the role of being the next guy versus being the first guy. I don't know if it gets, if it, if it's quite that drastic with Tampa. I think if, if Dalvin cook comes to Tampa, we are talking a legitimate 50, 50 split. There is not, there is not a one, a, and a one B there is a one, a one, a, and it's going to be as equal as humanly possible, far more equal than it was with Leonard Fournette last year. There are some teams where he would be kind of the B player. There are some mm -hmm. teams where he would be the A player. I think here it's Dalvin might even out out snap uh, Rashad White if he were to land in Tampa. I mean, when it's all said and done, who knows how it's going to work. One thing is clear, though. According to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are 1A and 1B, and they're probably going to be 1A, 1B until the end of the preseason, which has a lot of Buccaneers fans extremely happy. But Bruce Arians, and we know Bruce likes his opinions, is certainly already picking a front runner. That front runner is Baker Mayfield. We're going to tell you what he said, and then we're going to say more things about what he said. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and today's episode of locked on bucks is brought to you by bird dogs bird dog shorts do the exact same things that lululemon does but they fit way better than anything lululemon does they also fit way better than regular shorts which i can confirm this because i threw all my regular shorts away once i got these things because those are stiff they're restricting they're made of restricting cotton and bird dogs they're made of cloud knit fabric if you've never heard of cloud knit fabric it's okay because bird dogs invented it they created it especially for you they just look just like khaki but they stretch to give you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all of the movement bird dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric which uh, is really difficult for me to say but i think it's a brilliant technology uh, it keeps you cool and it keeps you dry all day long which is perfect for training camp 
golfing, if you're into that kind of thing, like James is, whatever you're doing, it's perfect for you. And the best part is that bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I already own a pair of the bird dog joggers. James already owned a pair of the shorts, but we both got two more pairs of shorts. You also own a pair of khakis, I do believe. Uh, but we both got extra shorts in the mail. They're amazing. I was hoping they would get here in time for me to go to mandatory minicamp on Thursday. They did not, but we've got a practice on Tuesday that I get to go to. So I'm going to break those bad boys out for that. I also got this really cool tumbler that James Jarko also has. You can get that that cool tumbler and you can get those shorts by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter promo code locked on NFL for that free Yeti style tumbler with your order. It's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style Yeti style tumbler with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Thanks again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day today and every day. Thanks especially to all the everydayers who are joining us three days a week until uh, July 17th or so. I think mid to mid to mid to late mid July is, is when we're going to go back to five days a week. So we appreciate all of you for coming do, coming through three days a week. We also appreciate Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians is still doing interviews. And in those interviews, Bruce tends to say things. That we really like when Bruce says things. Most recently... He went on the national football show with Dan Saleo, uh, and he, from his words, seemed to think that the Buccaneers quarterback battle is going a certain kind of way, James, saying that Baker Mayfield brings, quote, a little fire. I think we needed a little bit of fire on offense, but you got to go back and look at Kyle Trask. So it's a nice battle. You've got two young guys who I think are extremely talented, and they're doing a great job, but we're not done. He also said, quote, Baker has been there and done it and has, I think, a little bit of an edge just because of that leadership and having been in the huddle with pro guys a lot. But the guys really respect Kyle also. I love the guy, the guy being Baker. I think he just brings a charisma and a fire to your offense. End quote. James Jarko, how much does charisma and fire matter in a quarterback battle? I think to Bruce Arians, it matters. I won't say a lot, but it's something that he takes note of. Uh, he wants he wants his quarterbacks to basically be kind of like him, right? He wants them to be like super passionate. He wants them to be uh, really knowledgeable and intelligent. Uh, wants them to have a, a love of what they're doing and strive to to be even better. And you can see that kind of through all the quarterbacks that that Bruce has had. Uh, we know BA loved Baker when he was still the coach before his, his abrupt retirement before last season. Um, so the thing is, is BA's not the one making the decision, right? Like BA also wanted Kyle Trask. Otherwise they don't draft him in the second round. So it's not up to BA who the starting quarterback is. It's going to fall on. I would assume a joint decision between Todd Bowles, Dave Canales, um, probably a couple of the other offensive coaches. B.A. might get you know his two cents in. Uh, Jason Light might get his two cents in. But Todd Bowles mm -hmm. brought in Dave Canales to run an offense. He's going to say, Dave, which quarterback runs the offense better? Who are we going to win with? And, and that's ultimately going to be what decides it. So as far as... as how much charisma matters in the battle. 
you want it, but it's not real high on the on the pecking order. I'm going to disagree. Okay. The, the charisma is actually much higher uh, on on the list of of things that your quarterback needs to have. Depending on you're right, and and depends on who your front office is, right? Who your decision makers are, certainly. With these decision makers, I think it matters. I think it matters a very good amount because we look at Bruce Arians. You already mentioned it, right? Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns was one of the teams that he was thinking about coaching when he came out of retirement, right? The other team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The quarterback at the time was Jameis Winston. What do Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston have in common? Big enough arms. I think I would probably argue that Jameis's arm is probably a little bit bigger than Baker's, but I think big enough arms electric ability on the field as a player and an improviser and leadership. Like say what you want about Jameis Winston, talk about the interceptions, talk about some of the head scratching moments, the awkward pep conversation, you know, pregame pep talks and and all that stuff. Say what you want. That man was a leader on this team. And honestly, he came in a rookie year. If you remember, right, the leaders like Gerald McCoy, guys like that, and they kind of told Jameis, you don't need to be a leader, just be a quarterback. And what happened by midseason, James? I remember we were on this very show talking about it. He was a leader anyway. Like this team was struggling, and they're like, you know what? You just bring that kind of energy. Bruce Arians prioritized that in his decision on where he went when he came out of retirement. Todd Bowles, what has he talked about with Baker Mayfield leading up to this, the signing and, and the OTAs and all this stuff, right? He always tells this story when he went back to Oklahoma during the process when Baker still in college, and he was always amazed at the way that his teammates gravitated towards his personality. It matters to Todd Bowles. Look at Jason Light. It matters to Jason Light. Why did they bring Tom Brady in? Did they bring Tom Brady in because he was an athlete? No. Did they bring Tom Brady in because he had the strongest arm in the NFL? No. They brought Tom Brady in because he's super intelligent, so that's, that's certainly a thing we have to talk about, but also he's a leader. He's a guy that comes in and the locker room immediately says, what do you want us to do? The ability to draw that attention out of your teammates and to inspire them is extremely important in this position. And I will I will go back to your episode that you did on Wednesday with Evan Klosky. You asked him a question about how much does it matter what the players think, what the who, who the players gravitate to, right? And you kind of worded it in a way that's like if Kyle Trask falls out of favor. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you were trying to get at is how much does it matter that the players gravitate towards a starting quarterback? Is that correct? Yeah, basically. And, and and I even said on that episode, I didn't, you know, I gave a hypothetical and I think I just right. worded it poorly. Yeah. I wasn't trying to cast a negative light on either one. I was simply pointing exactly. out a hypothetical situation. And Evan, you know, kind of said he doesn't think that who the players want to play with necessarily matters as much as the rest of it. I'm going to respectfully disagree with Evan, and I'm going to I'm going to use some real life examples of this because here in Washington with with the commanders, this front office tends to value these same things. We we're talking about you want a quarterback that's got a big enough arm, ability to improvise, and is a leader. Has the team gravitate towards him? This team tends to value those same things. And I say team because I'm talking about the roster. During the situation between Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, John Allen once told us in a press conference, "The locker room picks the quarterback." That's something he learned from Nick Saban. This is something that a lot of people will tell you. We all want to sit here and say these players are being paid millions of dollars to play a game. Whoever the starting quarterback is, they're going to go out there and play for them. I'm here to tell you that's not always the case, and that's not always true. If you're a receiver in this league or a running back in this league or an offensive lineman in this league or a tight end in this league, and the guy you want on the field is sitting on the bench, I'm sorry, but you're still a human being. You are susceptible to playing less or playing less talently. That's not a that's not a word. It's not English. 
playing not as well if your guy is sitting on the bench. So it absolutely matters if this roster, if that offense, and I really honestly, I think that's why Dave Canales is going to wait till the end of the preseason because he wants to see who do these guys want to play with? Do they want to play with Baker or do they want to play with Kyle? Don't get me wrong. They're professionals. They will play for Todd Bowles, Dave Canales, no matter who the quarterback is. But there's going to be one guy that they want to play with. If that guy's not on the field, it's going to matter. I and that's kind of what I I was looking for when it when I brought that up with Evan was, you know, how much does that really play into? Because we know it, it's the same in any perfect. Like you can really relate this to any profession. Um, you know, I worked in a lot of kitchens, right? I worked in in a lot of different restaurants and things like that. There were some managers that I loved working for, you know, closing the restaurant down with that manager that night. There were some that I liked and there were some that I flat out didn't like. I was going to do my job no matter what, but maybe during those tough stretches when the manager that I really got along with was there, you know, I was going to I was going to work through it a little bit harder and not get as frustrated because I knew I had to make my guy or or my gal look good out on the floor in front of all the customers. So, yeah, you can you can lay that out for for really any job because it's just human nature, right? Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did make some roster moves on Thursday, not Dalvin Cook, but we are going to talk about that coming up next here on Locked On Bucks. <laughs> Things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, trying to send you into the weekend in fantastic fashion. And some guys that are going to have a fantastic weekend happen to be part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 draft class as uh, they officially signed most of their rookie class as of Thursday. So they announced the signings of rookies Servasier Dennis, Payne Durham, Josh Hayes, Trey Palmer, and Jose Ramirez. So that leaves Kalijah Kansi, Cody Malk, and Yaya Diaby, rounds one, two, and three, as the three unsigned players. Now, it's not a huge deal that these mm. players are currently unsigned. It's not like they're holding out or, or anything like that because of the rookie wage scale, which I think is one of the best things the NFL has done over the course of the last, like, 15, 20 years. But, David, how important was it for the Bucks and these players to get these contracts knocked out ahead of mandatory minicamp? Um, not very. So for the players, like, you know, if you're a player, I mean, look, you, you just signed your first NFL contract, right? Like, I guess we're talking the, the significance and the importance of it. Like, Servasier Dennis, you know what I mean? Josh Hayes, Trey Palmer, Painter, all those. Like, they're going to be in mandatory minicamp. So I want everybody to understand, you don't have to be under contract as a rookie to go to mandatory minicamp. You only have to be under contract as a rookie to go to training camp. So all of the draft picks have to be signed before training camp. If they're not signed before training camp, then they can't participate. Then you're talking about a holdout because the only reason that's going to happen uh, is usually with the language between the guarantees and, and all that stuff, right? Um, but, I mean, this thing of it, like, Servasier, Dennis, Payne, Durham, Josh Hayes, Trey Palmer, Jose Ramirez, like, they just signed their first NFL contract. So from a sentimental standpoint, that's huge. And from a motivational standpoint, that could certainly... 
uh, help them, you know, perform a little bit better during the mandatory minicamp. Um, but from a functional standpoint for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, really the biggest thing that we can take from this is kind of a strategic thing, right? So we saw that they waived one guy, but again, he's not in the top 51 of salaries anyway. So that doesn't really impact the whole thing. And, and I think we could do a whole show on kind of like salary cap management. Greg Allman does a really great job of this stuff all the time of explaining to people that, you know, well, this player, this person got signed for $2.5 million. So everybody's like, oh, but they only had $2.2 million. So they're over the cap. Well, no, they're not over the cap because that guy signing a $2.5 million contract pushes this guy from the top 51 who had a $600,000 contract. So the actual added cap hit is only 1.9 million. That's why they still have cap space. Uh, again, Greg Almond's great at that kind of stuff. Um, I kind of just did it while like imitating him. And that's kind of funny when that kind of stuff happens. But anyway, um, so it's more sentimental than it is functional, but it's important to keep track of just how much the Bucks have in cap space currently, how much more they still have to shell out, like you said, in those rookie deals because of the rookie wage scale, because that's going to give you a little bit of an idea of like what future roster moves might come. So if they need five more million dollars to sign these other guys. They only have $1.5 million left. They need about another four and a half mil. You look around there, you're like, oh, well, hey, if you restructure, I don't know, this guy's contract, you free up 4.7 million. He might be the next move that you hear of is the restructuring of his contract. And then you have the signing of these rookies. I 100% I get what you're saying, but I slightly disagree. I do think- How it, dare you? <laughs> I do think it's somewhat important, especially these guys- that signed the all these day three guys. I think from a mental aspect, you know, aside from as you said, you know, it's their first NFL contract. There, you know, there's some excitement there. But aside from that, the mental aspect of knowing that you've already gotten that part of this out of the way, I think right before mandatory minicamp, they're going to be out there a little looser, a little less, you know stressed a little less tense a little less tight we've already seen the atlanta falcons lose a player for the entire season for a torn acl and when that trepidation and kind of worry starts to creep in on some of these players especially ones that are playing tight or or playing a, a little more tense because they are worried about you know making a football team making a good impression getting all of this stuff down you know as rookies as they're transitioning it, it can lead to problems. So I think just the, the mental aspect of the weight being lifted off their shoulders is actually going to help these guys in mandatory minicamp. And of course, these contracts don't mean that these players can't get cut. How many times have we seen the Bucs you know, cut one of their draft picks after they've already signed their contract and everything? It does happen. But I think there, there is a kind of an emotional weight that these guys have that is no longer going to be there. So I, I get it's not at all important from the aspect that you were talking about. I think from the player aspect, there is some importance to this on the field outside of just kind of the celebratory. This is my first big contract. This is my first big deal. Uh, so this is an exciting moment for, for me and my family. Snap the selfie, put it on the gram. So with that, we are going to bid you all a fair and happy adieu. We want to thank you all again so much for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view every single day. And if you have any thoughts, ideas, questions, reactions, if you want to see the Buccaneers sign Dalvin Cook or you think we are absolutely out of our mind for even suggesting such a thing, 
Of course, you can email us at lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com or slide in the DMs on Twitter at lockedonbucks. Real quick, David, if Dalvin Cook uh, comes and and signs with the Buccaneers, uh, Chase McLaughlin is going to have to change his number because he is currently wearing number four. Uh, so that will Agreed. be exchange of money from Dalvin to change. I'll also say this. I don't know that the fact that Dalvin's from Miami matters a whole lot to this whole scenario because I'm pretty sure the Hurricanes were probably recruiting him and he still went to Florida State. But I'm just saying. The Hurricanes were terrible. I'm not a fan of the Hurricanes right now. Yeah, I get it. If I was going to pick a Florida team to root for, though, I would pick the Hurricanes out of the big three. But that's because I grew up in the 90s uh, watching guys like Willis McGahee and Frank Gore and Sean Taylor. And, um, you know, Willis McGahee is a name I have not heard in a really long time. You know what name I heard at practice the other day that I haven't heard in a really long time? Tim Biaka Batuka. Oh, Tim Biaka Batuka. Yeah. Anyway, Carolina sorry. Panthers. Good times. All right. Check out everything David's writing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.